worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Psalms, Psalm 27, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Verses 1 through 14, all of Psalm 27. Father, thank you, Lord. Once again, for being El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, our King of kings, our Lord of lords. Thank you, Father, for being our everlasting Heavenly Father who loves us with an everlasting love. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you, being a part of your family. And thank you, Lord, for the blessed privilege and opportunity to be your hands and feet in a world that desperately needs to be touched by your love, your grace, your mercy, and your light. Father, more and more, help us to live in such a way that we're daily available vessels through which your Spirit can work to accomplish your will. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer this time. Father, we come to praise you, to lift high your name today, your willingness to send your Son to die on the cross for us. Father, we're Uh, So thankful for that, and we praise you for that. Father, we pray for our listening family with the different issues that they might have, whether it's sickness or whether it's relationship issues. Think of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are incarcerated. God, we pray you'll give them strength and courage to live out the Christian life in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. I recently had the privilege of being at a conference in Washington, D.C. and heard a very powerful message by 
a very precious lady that is doing great and very courageous work in another part of the world. Uh, our guest today, we're honored to have Reggie Littlejohn. She's the founder and president of a ministry called Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Reggie, how are you today? I am doing so well, Pastor Joseph. Thank you for asking, and thank you for having me on your show. Again, an honor to have you come on, and as I just mentioned, had the opportunity to hear you speak and share about the the powerful work, the very just courageous work that your ministry, Women's Rights Without Frontiers, is about. So I want to ask if we can just get right into you sharing. If you'll just first further introduce yourself to our listeners and share whatever part of your journey you feel impressed to share. And then we want to really dive into sharing about and learning more about the mission and the great work of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Well, I people frequently ask me, you know, how I got involved with this work or what inspired me to do this work. Um, and there's a couple of things. One is I'm an attorney. I'm a graduate of Yale Law School, and I was practicing litigation in the San Francisco Bay Area. But on a pro bono basis, I was able to represent Chinese refugees in their cases for political asylum in the United States. And one of the refugees, my first refugee, was a very beautiful, almost doll-like woman. She was so little. Um, and she had been forcibly sterilized, meaning that she had been, she had two kids under the one-child policy. So I guess she 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 uh, violated the policy. And so they literally dragged her out of her home, screaming and crying and pleading and held her down to a table and, and performed the surgical operation with no anesthesia Mm-hmm. Um, and she just said it felt like somebody was holding a blowtorch inside of her, and she was chronically ill from that moment until the moment that I represented her, which I think was like 15 years. So she had chronic back pain, chronic migraines, com- chronic ab- abdominal pain, and this was in the mid-'90s. So I, that's how I learned that like the Chinese Communist Party, the propaganda that they pushed out into the world was... Um, that you know that the, that the one child policy was voluntary that it was a, a, like a suggestion and that this is how i learned that it was not a suggestion it was brutally enforced through forced abortion forced sterilization and even infanticide the killing of of, of born infants um so i left the practice of law actually on a medical leave of absence that's a very it's a whole another long story but um and decided to turn all of my skills as an attorney towards advocating for the women and the babies of China who are undergoing forced abortion. Um, Another part of the story is that I had had um, two miscarriages and I, you know, and those were very traumatic for me. And so even though, of course, I had never experienced anything like the violence of a government-enforced forced abortion, I had experienced losing babies that I wanted. And so I feel like that um, experience sensitized me on a gut level to the issue that when I came across this forced abortion in China, it just hit me on on a gut level that I think it wouldn't have if I had not, you know, had those miscarriages. Um, so in a lot of ways, my ministry in China, the mission of the organization, it, it is, 
in honor of the two babies that I lost. Hmm. Well, Reggie, uh, let me just ask you this uh, uh, right uh, near the outset of the broadcast. If someone who's listening wants to learn more about Women's Rights Without Frontiers or they'd like to know better how to pray for you, pray for the ministry and the tremendous work that you're doing, uh, can you share a website or contact information, please? Well, sure. I mean, so my website is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. That's womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. And people might think that that's kind of a strange name. <laughs> um, you know, especially since this uh, this ministry has been identified as a pro-life ministry. I mean, I, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Father Frank Pavone, but he gave me and my ministry the um, National Pro-Life Recognition Award at um, the 40th March for Life by, you know, by Priest for Life, and I've won a number of other pro-life awards. And in fact, LifeSite News um, named me this year, 2022, as a person, one of the people of the year for 2021 and, and heroes to watch in 2022. Mm-hmm. So a name like Women's Rights Without Frontiers sounds like a funny name for that kind of a mission. But my original um, vision was that, you know, that I was trying to get pro-choice and pro-life together to oppose forced abortion in China because forced abortion is not a choice. So you would think that the pro-choice community would be jumping up and down against it. Mm-hmm. And boy, did I learn that I was wrong about, about the, the so-called pro-choice community. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, this is what I think. This is my experience. I believe that, that, that the average person who identifies as being pro-choice really is against forced abortion because it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. But the leadership of, that, of, of, of the pro-choice movement has been... I'm, I'm, the word that comes to my mind is criminally silent about forced abortion in China. Mm-hmm. Or if, if they, they, they've said little things like, oh, you know, we oppose this, but, but meanwhile, they're working with them hand-in-hand in, hand in China. You know? mm. um, so I don't think that the pro-choice leadership is pro-choice. I think they're pro-abortion. I think they're mm. pro-population control. That's what I think. Right. Mm. Well, um, I want to ask if you'll take a moment now, specifically, Reggie, would you pray for listeners to really have ears to hear all that the Lord would say to them through the broadcast as you share more about the work and the mission of Women's Rights Without Frontiers? I believe there will pro- probably there will be many people who will be inspired to decide that they want to pray consistently for you and or pray for ministries like yours because you are in, in doing what would be very much considered a, a cutting-edge outreach because the, a lot of people have no idea what a tragedy it is, the number of women who are aborted and destroyed and discriminated against just because they're female all over the world. And the fact that you're doing what you're doing specifically in the nations where you work, again, dangerous in some regards, yet at the same time very vital in doing some great work. So would you pray for them to have ears to hear what the Lord wants to say to them today? So, dear Lord, we lift up uh, the wonderful listeners to this broadcast, and we ask uh, that you would send your Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, to move hearts of of those that you would want to partner with us um, in this work in China and also our other work. Uh, And Lord, specifically, um, Lord, we ask that that whoever is listening now, if, if, if that person is one of your is an intended prayer partner, that that person would ask you to alert them anytime 
me or my ministry needs prayer. Um, and also, Lord, you know, if there are people who are listening that you would like to be sort of a formal part of my, my um, prayer team, that they would um, take the initiative to go to their computer, email me, and then I can put them on my prayer team. Well, you know that we need prayer, and you know that that's probably our greatest need. So we lift this up to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, um, you know, I had the privilege of listening to uh, one of the items that we saw on, it was either one of your websites or a link where you where you spoke in a given instance. And you you started off with a, a very simple question that you apparently had as a child. You asked, are boys better than girls? Can you share about why that story and how that has led you up in part to where you are and what you're doing today? <laughs> sure. So you're referring to my TEDx talk. And the name of that talk is Who's Better, Boys or Girls? You can find it on YouTube. It's 11 minutes long. And it, and it shares the history of how, from a child, I um, got involved with, you know, was headed towards, towards this ministry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just very, very quickly, I remember being on the um, playground in, in elementary school and just thinking, who's better, boys or girls? Um, and then there's kind of a long story that involves, you know, sports and all this stuff. But in the end, I concluded that um, <laughs> I concluded as a ten-year-old, I think I was about at the time, um, that girls are better because we can do everything boys can do. Plus, we can have babies. So that was very, you know, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but and then it goes through you know, me going to college and law school and coming out and 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 not being able to have a baby. I mean, I had one baby so i have one naturally born son um reggie i'm gonna jump in right here we're coming up on a break and we'll pick up right there on the other side our phone guest today is reggie littlejohn she's the founder and president of women's rights without frontiers we'll be right back
Music of Chris Tomlin with Amazing Grace. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Reggie Littlejohn. She's the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Father, we thank you, Lord, again for Reggie. Thank you for the ministry you've called her to. Thank you for the great work that they're doing in many places that touch the lives of so many and bless the lives especially of women. And Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that Uh, As Reggie alluded to, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift of motherhood that you give to women. And thank you, Father, for the fact that as people hear your word and walk in your word, they will affirm the fact that it's a unique gift that you entrust to precious women. More and more help us as your people in the church to affirm that and to stand and seek to glorify you as we lift up the wonderful ministry that women have the ministry of motherhood. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, our phone guest is Reggie Littlejohn, the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Reggie, you know, just to mention, uh, you know, I think it's very powerful that you did allude to the fact that uh, one powerful reality is that God only entrusts the gift of motherhood to women and it is a gift. It's a powerful, wonderful gift from the Lord. And it's such an important thing for the church and the world to recognize that, that it is a unique gift and shouldn't be looked down upon shouldn't, and shouldn't be squandered either. So, again, that, that makes for a powerful point, something that you seem to pick up, to have picked up on even as a 10-year-old little girl. So, but please uh, continue where you left off there. Well, yeah, I was just mentioning that. I had come to the conclusion as a 10-year-old, I mean, this is an immature person, that girls were better because we can do everything boys can do, but we but we have, we can also have children. I mean, obviously, I think that men and women are equal. That's mm-hmm. my, <laughs> that's my mature, but, but as a little girl, I just felt that girls were better. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so, but then when I, I had, we had one son and then I tried to have another one. And, and as I mentioned, I had two miscarriages and could not have. Um, more children, and so um, it's called secondary infertility. And then, once I went through that, that's when I discovered that these women were being forcibly aborted in China, and I just I couldn't stand it. It's like I, I remember sitting behind my desk one day, you know, at my law firm, thinking, "Here I am, living the American dream. You know, I've got everything, and yet at." at on the other side of the world, women are being dragged out of their homes and strapped down to tables and forcibly aborted up to nine months of pregnancy. And some of these forced abortions are so violent that the women themselves are dying along with their full-term babies. Um, and so that's why I founded Women's Rights, because in China, you know, in, in America, it's like a woman's right. Well, they would say a woman's right is the right to abortion. And in China, it's more, you know, the question of abortion is not, it's, it's not it's not a question. In fact, it's forced by the government in a lot of situations, mm-hmm. at least historically. And then, so a woman's right in China would be the right to have her children. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I named named the organization Women's Rights Without Frontiers. And also, once um, I became aware of the forced abortion by the government, I became aware of the sex selective abortion of baby girls, which is not done by the government. It's done by the culture, and it's sort of perpetrated through the mother-in-law and the husband, um, where a woman will be pregnant with a girl, and, well, she, she'll be pregnant. We don't, they, they wouldn't know whether it's a boy or a girl. And then 
towards the end of the pregnancy, the mother-in-law will start pressuring her to have an ultrasound, and the woman will typically resist having the ultrasound because she knows what it means. It means that if it's a boy, she can keep him, and if it's a girl, the, the mother-in-law, the next request is going to be that she would abort her, and these women, they do not want to abort their baby girls. Um, so these abortions, sex-selective abortions, are by definition late term because you have to be six or seven months pregnant to see the fetus um, on the ultrasound, whether it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started our Save a Girl campaign in rural China, where we are the only organization in the world with boots on the ground inside of rural China, actively saving baby girls from either sex selective abortion, and then now um, more commonly abandonment, um, or even grinding poverty. So in terms of the, the girls um, in the countryside, you know, people think that since China has moved from a one-child policy to a two-child policy to a three-child policy, that that would be protective and that more baby girls would be born. But as I predicted, it actually has been worse for the baby girls in a lot of ways. Um, so under the one-child policy, demographers, found that if people were only allowed to have one kid and that that first child was a girl, um, that they would generally let her live because it's sort of like one and done. But in China, people don't want to have more children because it's expensive and because the um, Chinese Communist Party has done such a great job in basically brainwashing everyone into thinking that, that one is the right number of children to have. So a lot of people, most people do not want to have a second child. So when China went from a one-child policy to a two-child policy, a lot of the people who were willing to go to the effort and expense of having a second child were people who had a girl for the first child and they wanted a boy. So, for example, under the two-child policy, there was a woman, there's a a couple, and under the one-child policy, they had had a, a girl. So they figured, okay, that's it. We're one and done. We've got a girl. We love our daughter. So then the two-child policy happened, and the husband said, okay, great. Now we can have a second child. Let's have a boy. We'll have one of each. And then he forced his wife to abort four baby girls in a year, and then she died. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't, you can't trust gender ratios coming out of China. China really just lies with statistics. They just say whatever they want to say to make whatever point they want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that the two-child policy is probably resulting in a greater um, a, a greater imbalance between boys and girls. And then the third child policy, three-child policy, is going to be even worse because the only most of the couples that are willing to go to the effort and expense of having a third child a lot of those are going to be people who had two girls already and they want to have a boy. And I'd be very surprised if we got honest statistics, if it weren't the case that there are many, many more boys than, than girls on the third child. Mm. That's powerful. That's, and it's so sad to think that that kind of thing can be going on in the world. Well, uh, can you tell me too, Reggie, um, did I understand correctly you at some point adopted two little girls yourself? <laughs> it's not it's not an adoption mm-hmm. because uh, let me tell you the story 
I mean, basically, I, I could not adopt these girls because they have a living father and a living and living mothers, and, and you can't do an international adoption. But I basically raised one of them. Well, let me tell you the story. Mm-hmm. So there's um, a dissident um, in China who was in China at the time, famous dissident, really brilliant guy. He was being trained as a nuclear physicist and then basically dropped out of college in order to become a leader in the Tiananmen Square movement. So he was not on the square, but he was leading the movement in um, Anhui mm-hmm. province. And so he had been jailed and tortured numerous times, and they couldn't. the Chinese Communist Party could not silence him. So what they did is they actually kidnapped his 10-year-old daughter, Annie, out of her fourth-grade classroom, detained her overnight, put her and her father under house arrest, did not allow her to go to school. So for that reason, she was known as China's youngest prisoner of conscience. And then she and her father escaped house arrest. Um, They went to Beijing uh, underground. They were fugitives. And then when they were caught, her father got word out to me saying, could you please help me, you know, bring Annie to the United States because she can't lead a normal life here. And so I I said to my husband, you know, I told him the story, and I said, could we bring her, could we, could we raise her? She was only 10. And he said, is this a Chinese daughter you've always wanted? And I said, I think so. So we worked with um, people from the U.S. government, and then also there were some very brave people in China who got detained and tortured for helping get Annie and her sister out. So her sister, um, her name is Ruli, and Annie and Ruli um, left China gosh, uh, like nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Annie was 10 and Ruli was uh, ni- 19. So we raised Annie from being 10 years old to eight to 18 in our home. Mm-hmm. All, you know, all the childhood, all the, all the teenage years, Ruli was, came to us at 19 and we had her in our home for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and as I mentioned, you know, I had had two miscarriages and I just felt like God was blessing me with two daughters. That this is sort of God's economy. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know that, that he was he was replacing the loss that I that I endured. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's that's a neat story. And so, and now, so Annie is how old is Annie right now? She is um, nineteen. Okay, so she's nineteen. And her now. sister is twenty-eight. Her sister is married. Mm-hmm. Her sister is going to have a baby. Mm. Um, and when Annie graduated from high school, we, we, we raised them or we raised her in, in San Jose, California, and then moved to um, Maryland. So she came with us, of course, when we moved. But then when she graduated from high school, she wanted to go back and live with her sister. Um, and she wanted to, she wants to go to UC Berkeley. So she wants to get California residency um, and, and attend Berkeley for college. Okay. And of course, I, I I think I also read she played piano in Carnegie Hall on one occasion. Is that right? I, isn't that amazing? <laughs> so so she came to our home, and our, we have a piano. And before she even went up to her bedroom, like most kids would want to see what their room is going to look like, she saw the piano, started sitting down, and just started sounding out tunes by ear. Mm-hmm. And I said to my husband, you know, she doesn't speak a any English. Um, but, but 
music is a universal language. Why don't we find a Mandarin-speaking piano teacher to teach her piano, um, and that will give her an outlet and somebody who speaks her language while she's learning English because she couldn't do her schoolwork or anything. I mean, she really had no English. So we found her a Mandarin-speaking piano teacher. Little did me know that he's a really top piano teacher. And within two years, Annie, you know, is was so talented that that or maybe it was, it was two or two to three years. She she was in a competition, um, and 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 placed. She was able to to um, play piano in Carnegie Hall. Mm. Um, so that you know that just is an example to me of all the beauty and the talent and the brilliance and the love that are being either uh, lost in China through forced abortion by the government or the sex-selective abortion of baby girls um, by the family, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, so, mm-hmm. so that was extraordinary. That's a powerful testimony. And just like you said, it it's a, a beautiful point that helps illustrate the fact that Every child is a unique gift made by God to the world. And the giftedness of each person is, again, a gift from God to the world. And what a tragedy that so many gifts that God has sent have been aborted over the world over a period of so many years. So, But thank you for sharing that story. Uh, well, I uh, want to ask you, too, you had the privilege of working for a time early in your life with Mother Teresa in India would you share with our listeners uh, some about that experience? Yeah, I I had the privilege, my husband and I had the privilege of uh, working with Mother Teresa in Calcutta for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And she was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was unusual for her to be there, but she, you know, because she, at the time, I don't know how many countries she was in. I think over 100 countries she was already in at that time. And so usually she was traveling, but for whatever reason, she was there the whole mm-hmm. time. So I got to know her a little bit. And that is, you know, that was one of the most incredible privileges of my entire life. She was, tried to get me to become a missionary of charity, you know, join her order. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I probably would have done it if I had not been married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would have lived a very, very different life. I mean, just the life I would have had you know, as a missionary of charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be very different from the life that I have had. Um, mm. But, you know, I've had a, I've had a wonderful life. And, but I would say this. I worked in her home for um, abandoned baby girls in India. Mm-hmm. So she, it's called Shisha Bhavan. And so she started that home. Reggie, I'm going to have to jump in one more time for the break, and we'll pick up right there. Our phone guest today is Reggie Littlejohn. She's the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. We'll be right back.
Lisa with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Reggie Littlejohn. She's the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Reggie, would you share with our listeners if they want to learn more about the ministry or get in touch with you, how they could do that? Well, so my website is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. Womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. If you feel that you want to pray for my ministry, I'm going to give you my personal email address. Okay, so it's reggielittlejohn at gmail.com. That's R-E-G-G-I-E-L-I-T-T-L-E-J-O-H-N, all one word, at gmail.com. And just write down the, you know, request to join the prayer team, okay? Um, I, I Because... You know, this, this, this mission runs on prayer, and especially in China, because we've got these field workers who, you know, you, you might wonder how we are saving these baby girls. Um, and also, you know, we've got to save a widow campaign. But um, we have field workers from the local area. These are not Americans overseas. These are people from the local area who will go to the door of a woman and say, um, you know, I understand that you that that you're the mother of a baby girl. Congratulations, girls are as good as boys, and we will give you a monthly stipend of twenty five dollars a month to empower you to keep your daughter. And what that money does is number one, that's a lot of money in the Chinese countryside. So that's you know, it, it helps them uh, financially. But then number two, it enables them to go to their um, mother in law or their husband and say, Look, I can't abort. I can't abandon this baby girl. She's a lucky girl. She's already bringing money into the family. And we've saved hundreds of baby girls this way in, in rural China. So, but these field workers are very, very brave, and they are putting their freedom in danger every day as they go and deliver these stipends to these women. And by the way, we give, we give the, the mothers, and I, and I want to talk about the Save a Widow campaign, but okay. we give the mothers of the children and, and, and the widows an extra $10 every Christmas and every Easter, and so our um, field workers are passionate Christians, and they tell the, the Christmas story and the Easter story to each mother, each widow, um, and a lot of people are, are are coming to the Lord, and a lot of pe- a lot of people have been baptized through our efforts. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's amazing. Neat. That's that's great. That's that's a powerful testimony of just God's grace and Spirit working through. The Ministry of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Well, would you share with our listeners about the Save a Widow campaign specifically? Yes. So, one of the, I, I call the widows of China 
the invisible victims of the one-child policy. Nobody thinks of them. But what happened in traditional culture, the elderly are venerated, and they have an extended family to take care of them in their old age. But under Chinese communist atheistic culture, the elderly are considered to be expendable because they're not generating you know, an economic income for the party. Um, and they also don't have a large family because of the one-child policy to, to, to um, support them. So, so China has um, the highest female suicide rate of any country in the world, especially in the countryside. And the senior suicide rate has skyrocketed ever since um, the institution of the one-child policy. So I asked my field workers um, if there are widows in our area, the same area that we're, where we're serving the baby girls, if there are widows in need, they said, oh, my goodness, there are so many widows in need. So we have our Save a Widow campaign, and it's similar to the Save a Girl campaign in that the, the same field workers, they, they will go to people that we have identified as being extremely needy, desperate, abandoned widows and go to their door, and basically the message is, um, we understand that you need help, and you're here. We're here to help you. And the um, widows are, can't understand, like, what do you want in return? And because no one in communist China, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party, they don't go to people's doors and say, "We understand you need help, and we want to help you." No. So we say, um, we want you to to be able to eat every day, so <laughs> you can help us. Mm-hmm. We want you to know that you're loved. You're a human being created by God in his image. And they've never heard this before, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. So, you know, because China is not is not historically a Christian country, and because the Chinese Communist Party has done its best to wipe out that message. Mm. So a lot of these widows are, are coming to faith. And so we have almost as many widows in our Save a Widow campaign as, as girls in the Save a Girl campaign. Um, and, and so these widows are incredibly grateful because and they, they say things like, my own family has abandoned me, and yet people from the other side of the world care about me, mm. you know, and have to come to my door every month mm-hmm. and, and spend time with me, and then we give them that $25 a month that helps them eat or, or, or um, heat their room during the winter, because where we are, it's very cold during the winter, and these widows do not have, have money to you know, buy coal or anything. Mm. Well, so if someone listening wanted to give financially to help support the Save a Widow or save a, either save a girl or save a widow campaign. Uh, can they do that? Oh, of course they can. That's how we that's how we fund these campaigns. Although, you know, the general fund for women's rights without frontiers is kind of underwriting all of this as well. But mm-hmm. if you go on the website, so it's women's rights without frontiers dot org. You look to the right, and it says save a girl. If you click on that button, you will learn more about the save a girl campaign, and you will see a three-minute video where you'll see the actual faces of some of the girls that we are saving. Mm-hmm. And then if you click on the Save a Widow in China button, um, you'll get a, a page of information about that um, and see uh, videos about the wi- the widows in China that we're saving. Um, and both and there's a donate button, you know, that you can, you can donate, and we're a 501c3 nonprofit, so it's all tax-deductible. Um, and we would greatly appreciate it, your help, and it's the only way that you can. you got to write Save a Widow or Save a Girl in the notes um, for it to go to those, specifically to those campaigns, but if you do that, it's the only way for you to get your money into the hands of an at-risk widow or an at, the mother of an at-risk baby girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, um, 
before our time runs out today, Reggie, I want to ask you this. How would you like to ask, what would be some specific things you'd like to ask listeners to pray for you and to pray for the Ministry of Women's Rights Without Frontiers? What would be some specific prayer requests you'd like to lay before our listeners? Well, I mean, I could just pray right now, and then they can disagree with me in prayer. Okay. Um, so, dear God, we, I thank you for every person now that is lifting me in this ministry up in prayer. And I ask, Lord, um, for personal protection for me and my husband and our son and our, our two Chinese daughters. I ask especially for protection for the field workers in China who are, are laying their freedom on the line every day. Um, and Lord, I just ask that you continue to hide them under the shadow of your wings and that they will continue to escape notice by the authorities who would persecute them if they could find them. Um, Lord, I pray for um, every baby uh, that we're saving, every mother, um, every widow that they're saving, that, that we're saving, that they would come to know you and love you, oh Lord, my God. Um, I pray for the finances of the organization. I pray that you would bless us with provision for, for this work and for our other work as well. And um, I also pray, Lord, that you will provide me with effective help, like I, I need an assistant. Um, so, Lord, I just pray that you would bless me with just the right assistant who is a competent person and who ca- would care deeply about the mission of this organization. And I lift up this prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And Father, to thank you for Reggie. Thank you for the great work of women's rights without frontiers. Thank you for the ways you've reached in some very difficult places and used people to stretch your hand of love, to touch the lives of many, to help them to come to know you and to be blessed and for them to be provided for. Thank you, Lord, for raising up a ministry like this one. Father, anoint Reggie with wisdom, grace, and vision as she continues to move forward in leading this organization, this ministry. And Father, bless the ministry indeed, expand its territory, cause your hand to be mightily upon it, keep it from evil that it may not cause pain in Jesus' name. Thank you for every individual that's a part of the work, the outreach in the nation, that the nations that have been mentioned that uh, Women's Rights Without Frontiers was working in, Lord. And Father, keep we surround them with faith and love. We surround them with the blood of Jesus. Keep them safe from danger, evil, and harm, and continue to just hide them. And so that help them to continue to be very fruitful vessels and, and instruments in your hands to carry the love of Jesus, to carry the gospel, and to carry your mercy and grace into places in need. And Father, raise up many more individuals who will faithfully pray much for Reggie and this ministry on a daily basis, we ask in the name of Jesus. And Father, also raise up many more financial supporters who will give financially to help support this great outreach and ministry and that's at work doing your doing the work that they're doing in these difficult places. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Well, as we normally do, before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the all-important step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, we want to give you that opportunity. Uh, if you know you're not saved or you're not sure but you want to make that step, today is a great day to be saved. Would you, would you simply pray this prayer with us to make that step to commit your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Dear Lord, thank you for loving me so much that you came to this world a long time ago 
you lived. You died on the cross to pay for our sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. You told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, we want to invite you. Please get in touch with us. My email is, once again, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong and deep in your new relationship and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So please do get in touch with us. We definitely would like to talk with you. Once again, the email, joseph at afr.net. Well, Reggie, again, thank you so much for being with us uh, on the broadcast today. Share with our listeners one more time if they want to either learn more about the ministry or specifically email you. Tell them once again how they can do that. Thank you, Pastor Joseph. So the website is women's rights without frontiers.org. That's women's rights without frontiers.org. And then if you want to pray for me, if you want to be on the prayer team, then it's my personal email is reggielittlejohn at gmail.com. That's reggielittlejohn at gmail.com. All right. And once again, if there if people want to give financially to support the work, tell them once again how to do that. Well, go on to the Women's Rights Without Frontiers website, and then you can just click the donate button, you know, to give. And you can give by PayPal. You can give by your own credit card. And you can also send a check. Lots of people send checks. Um, so we give you three different ways of giving, and you know, we're very gratefully, very grateful for that. And it's tax deductible. All right. Well, Reggie, thank you so much for being with us on the broadcast today, and. Please continue to keep up the great work that you and the Ministry of Women's Rights Without Frontiers continue to do. And be blessed, all right? All right, you be blessed too, Pastor All right, and please again to every single listener, pray daily for this great work that God is doing through the Ministry of Women's Rights Without Frontiers as well as for Reggie Littlejohn. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.